the incomparable. Number 573, July 2021. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. And in this episode number 573, we already heard the robot say that. Uh, we're going to be talking, finally, it's about a brand new release. It's a it's a film. It's available on screens, whether they're in movie theaters or in your house. Uh, it, and, and all I want to say to just get started is, finally, finally, we're doing an entire episode about Taskmaster, the British television oh series Jason. with Jason, Rick Davis Jason. and Alex. Jason, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, who wants to your, tell us? Could you check your notes, Jason? I'm sorry. What? You, uh, let me. I got some new copy for you. Hold oh, on, let me just... it's the Marvel minor, uninteresting Marvel villain <laughs> Taskmaster in the feature film Marvel go. Studios Black Widow, which was just released. <laughs> oh, I'm back on track now. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. You're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. I was going to do my little Alexi Horn joke, but it's fine. The moment's gone. It's... Ah, little Alexi Horn. <laughs> Uh, he imitates every comedian on the show uh black widow yes uh you might have seen it in a theater you might have been like me and paid thirty dollars and to see it at home instead of forty dollars to see it with your family in a theater which was my other choice i was like "Mm, gonna do that Uh, anyway uh we're gonna be talking about it and if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled don't listen to this episode it was labeled black widow what are you doing what are you doing? Let me introduce my panelists who are going to talk about Black Widow with me. Uh, Chip Sutterth joins us. Hello, Chip. Jason, don't slouch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dan Morin is here, as you he corrected me earlier about when I was yeah. really excited about the Taskmaster episode of The Incomparable. Uh, hi, Dan. Hi, Jason. We all know you're a poser. <laughs> it's, I, I, did you, it's, you can't see it on the podcast, but I, I did the little thing there. James Thompson is also here. Hello. Hello. Uh, podcasts only make us stronger. Mm. Oh, that's great. That's good to know. I'm glad. I, I'm waiting for some evidence of that, but I like it. It's a good <laughs> idea. And Kelly Gamont also is here. Hello, Kelly. Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Um, well, at least nobody sang a mournful version of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, God. <laughs> if, if, if I we'll have, get to that. If I have, oh. a, a, but if I, if I could make but a single complaint about Black Widow, a movie that I liked, actually, I'll just say that now. I enjoyed it. More, please, please, movies, all movies, not just Black Widow. It's too late for Black Widow, actually. Hi, movies. <laughs> you know, mournful, um, dirge-like covers of uh, pop songs from the past don't thanks jason out <laughs> anyway that's, that's my little memo to, to uh, also uh, was this the first marvel movie since i want to say like iron man 2 that actually had opening credits which was ah. i felt actually i guess be? guardians galaxy 2 they had the yeah, song they had that. that yeah they don't usually do it like movies with credits are, i feel like very unusual now usually the open yeah. cre- opening credits come at the end before the exactly. mid-credit sequence <laughs> right basically come yeah. on that's the natural order of things uh, as we as you do as you do uh yeah i um i we'll we'll Start with the way that this movie was released, I think, is a, is a good place to start. Uh, this movie was delayed for a year by the pandemic. I, I believe our, our friend Todd Vaziri, who worked on this movie and is in the credits. Hi, Todd. Uh, I think he finished his work on this like a year. It feels like two years ago, but it's probably like like 14 months ago. So like, this movie has been, I, I get these sense in the can for a long time. Uh, and then when it was released, they are, there are theaters that are open now. 
Um, and so it was released into theaters, but it was also released on Disney Plus as a premiere access where you have to be a Disney Plus subscriber and then pay, as I did, like I said, $30. And in fact, it opened with making many millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars in theaters, and I think $60 million in sales on Disney Plus. So it sort of had an interesting hybrid open. Did everybody here watch it on their TV or did you go to anybody go to a movie theater? I went to an actual honest to goodness what? movie theater. Wow. So did I. I did not. Wow. I did not. No. Okay. I like my TV and my lack of audience. Yep. So three three people saw it uh, on TVs. I, I and probably two on would have gone to a theater if I because I have already been back to the movie theater and I the main reason was I couldn't convince my uh, my wife to go to a movie theater. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm paying for my yearly pass for a movie theater and oh. I didn't go to a movie theater. Hmm. So, okay, well, so we have some different things, and that, I think that fits perfectly with the story of Black Widow. It was delayed, and then it was shown in both uh, homes and movie theaters simultaneously. Uh, it's, it, this is the world we live in. It's, uh, it's interesting. Um, so, also, hey, everybody out there, again, it's going to be a slight spoiler for a bunch of Marvel movies that came out years ago that, again, why would you be listening to this otherwise? But... Uh, Natasha, the Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson, she dies in Avengers Endgame. So you may be asking yourself, well, wait a second, how's, how could there be a Black Widow movie? And the answer is, this movie was delayed so long that, nope, that's not it. It's a prequel <laughs> to, that takes place uh, basically between the end and the mid credit sequence of Captain America Civil War, I think, is essentially when this whole yep. movie takes place. Yeah. It's not even I the post. So. I don't think it's even the post. Or it's even like towards it's the, the last end scene. of the movie. It's the, yeah. last, the last scene of that movie. Right. Yeah. So it's just wedged right in there. But that'll give you the time frame. The idea here is that civil war has happened and they're on the run, but she hasn't yet gone back to break her compatriots out of uh, of, of the hero jail because that happens at the end of the movie. Um, it, the movie begins though with uh, uh, a flashback. It's the it's the story of young Natasha. And her family in Ohio, uh, we discover that their family dynamic is uh, pretty much an episode of the Americans. They are <laughs> they are uh, Russian spies uh, acting as uh, just nice Midwestern Ohio people looking at fireflies until Dad comes home, and we discover. Uh, and it's David Harbour from Stranger Things uh, is Dad, and uh, he's all kind of sweaty and shifty. And uh, and mom, played by Rachel Weiss, says, uh, "What's going on?" And he's like, yep, "Time to go." <laughs> we got about an hour, maybe, until they come for us. They have less than an hour, uh, and uh, and we get a, a an action sequence where the family is bundled into a car and then has to flee uh, to an airplane hangar. And there's a and the, like the shield trucks get there and they shoot at them. And uh, he and uh, and we learn that uh, something is going on with dad. Because he flips like a a very large uh, a giant dumpster tr- dumpster or trailer or something out of the way of the of the plane, so he has he has powers, and then he also clings to a wing of a plane that's taking off and is fine with it. It's okay, and that's a very exciting. So either scene he's a superhero away. or he's Tom Cruise, one of the two. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. Uh, he, he, Thank you for distinguishing between the Tom two. Tom Cruise uh, makes an attempt to go into the plane, though. David Harbour <laughs> seems to be like, I'm fine out here. It's okay. Am I dragging down the plane? No, it's okay. I'll just <laughs> stay. The breeze in my hair. It's... <laughs> uh, and then, and then they, uh, um, you know, we end up seeing them in uh, 
in in Cuba. They land in Cuba. It appears that at some point they have landed and allowed David Harbour to get off the wing and go into the plane before they continue on from Ohio to Cuba. I don't think he was out there the whole time. Uh, and uh, and that's when they're. But we don't know. We it don't was know. Not clear. It's not. It's we're not one hundred percent sure. He seems not quite as windblown as that, but you can't really tell. Anyway, they're spies. He's he's sort of like I did my job. Please let me get back in the fight. They they uh, they inject into right into the necks of the girls, uh, Natasha and her younger sister, and uh, you know this is and then over the credits with the mournful dirge like <laughs> smells like Teen Spirit, we uh, witness what we already know to be sort of the history of. Uh, Natasha, which is that she's taken into a horrible, uh, like brainwashing training, uh, become an uh, assassin kind of uh, scenario. And in the we Red also room. meet uh, Ray Winston as uh, the general. Who we will be our right, villain later. Right, Drykov, Drykov, who is the uh, he's the bad guy who invented the Red Room. I guess Red Room, Red Room, Red Room. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so let's start with that because the, you know, this movie is, in addition to being about fighting and you know shooting and stuff like that, it is about family and definitions of family. And so to see these two girls and what their dynamic is and their sort of normal life in Ohio that's immediately kind of overturned and they flee and there's a question of sort of like was it. What what of this was real and what of this was false? Natasha wants to take a photo album and her mother tells her, or, you know, her fake mother tells her no, but then her mother took the photo album. So, like, what does it mean to all four of these people that they're living and have lived for, like, three years as a family, but they're also, it's all a fake? Uh, it's kind of an interesting way to start and an interesting idea to see back into the life of, of Black Black Widow. What do people sure. think about this? Sure. I think that um, the last time we saw uh, Natasha, you know, before b- before she takes the dive off of the cliff in Avengers Endgame, um, uh, she and Hawkeye are basically off on a cosmic mission. They're flying a spaceship and they're just sort of looking at each other, just laughing hysterically because this is so not what they're, they're so out of genre at this point. And the opening of this movie uh, tells us that this is going to be pretty firmly in genre, that it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a spy movie, an action movie and a, and, and a family feature. So it's, 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 it's on the scale of Marvel movies. This is a relatively grounded movie. And this opening just really sets that up for us, that expectation for us. It's yeah. not, there are no infinity stones to be found anywhere. Yeah. It's surprising. Absolutely. Nobody. I love a good spy movie. Yeah. And I felt <laughs> like this was, uh, as Chip said, you know, grounding it sort of in the, in the more everyday, not to say that there isn't, I mean, we have Alexei who has, you know, powers and there are some stuff that even with that is kind of science fiction-y, but like it could have been, you could see this as like a Mission Impossible movie for about yes. 90% of it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. down yeah. to the stunts, which well, feel very much pulled from that. I, and I think that's great. I like that, the, again, we've talked about this in the past where like the Marvel movie can contain genres within it. Mm-hmm. And so having a spy movie like in the wrapping of a Marvel movie, I think is is fun and entertaining. It's two great tastes. They taste great together. Yeah. I think that we could talk at some point about, you know, the 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 timing of this movie and the the need for this movie. Um uh, but um we're just now coming off of three T V series um on Disney Plus that are wildly different genres. This is this feels the closest to Falcon and Winter Soldier to me. Um, And I think that I think that 
my reaction to this grounding um, and the, and everything that was laid off. You know, um, I think it may have been affected by the fact that I saw it on a big Dolby um, on a big Dolby screen uh, compared to the same um, tiny uh, TV mm. screen that I saw Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, on. I, I think you know, having seen all those series um, and then having watched this on exactly the same screen is kind of. I think it did diminish it diminish this film to a certain extent because yeah comparing it to loki which i just finished watching and thoroughly enjoyed you know it, <laughs> it, it was uh, i liked this movie but i didn't love it as much as i hoped i would um oh that's funny and i don't know i, I i've been trying to break down exactly why that is and i haven't come up with a satisfying answer yet uh but the it, it was like a really short TV show, if you see what I mean. I will always have a soft spot for this movie because it's the first thing I got to see in a theater again because I got to go outside for it. So, yeah, I, that that like that for me is part of it. Like I, I sort of sat down with it going like even if it isn't really very good, I'm definitely going to remember it and I'm going to have a soft spot for it forever because it's the first time in a year and a half I got to go do a thing that I used to do. And so uh, like that was part of what struck me about it. And then afterwards I was sort of thinking about how it did fit in with the TV shows and uh, we'll get to that. I'm sure later, but that was part of what was interesting to me about it. From a production point, as James is saying, I think this is more how Marvel is trying to do things these days. They're trying to say, essentially, the line is blurred between what's a TV show, what's a miniseries, what's a movie, right? All of these things we're going to spend a ton of money on. We're going to use the same people for the most part in all of them. And so we're going to move seamlessly back and forth. And I think, you know, it's weird because I think there are people who still feel like, well, big screen movie, therefore, must be, quote unquote, better, right, than than small screen TV show. And I think they're trying to make the argument, it doesn't really matter. They're just different ways of telling the same kinds of stories. And we're not going to treat TV like it's a cheap version of movies necessarily. But it also potentially has the effect of feeling like, well, I used to go to the theater to see these big screen blockbusters, and now I can get that experience at home. So does that cheapen the experience of it? I don't know. I just think that's where they're sort of going i i do think that this movie suffered somewhat for having the you know whatever it was 14 15 month delay because it it felt to me a bit like a relic like if they had made the movie you know like just after civil war and then just put it in a cupboard for five years (laughs) or something i mean should we address to chip's point i think chip as chip mentioned i think talking about the you know the timing of this movie when it came out in vis-a-vis this character and this character's fate i think is also a worthwhile thing to talk about because by all rights and you know purposes this movie should have been made uh what seven years ago yeah at least after civil war right yeah Yeah. exactly exactly at the very latest And, and it feels if nothing else, I think it feels like, well, I mean, she gets her due, which is great. And I think I enjoyed the movie a lot. I think it's a great movie. I wish that it had just come out earlier so that we wouldn't have felt like this is a patch job on on a character who deserved to be represented I, I, a lot. I think like yeah. if we had seen this film first, her death would have had more of an emotional resident, resonance yeah. rather than having her die. Oh, except for that post-credit then, scene. <laughs> yeah. And yes. then having the, the the whole kind of like, look, she lived this full life and she's got this family and yeah, she's still dead though. The, but, yeah. the in fact, uh, I, I think those who watch 
these movies on Disney Plus with their chronological playlist will eventually be like it'll slot right in there after Civil War and it'll it'll feel kind of better. But I think this is the victim of don't, don't watch the post credits. There, no, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, uh, but if they're really smart, the playlist won't play the post credit sequence. Mm-hmm. The um, yeah, it, I, it's a victim of Marvel's pre-planning in a way i mean it not i don't want to get let them off the hook here because they also were reluctant to make a a woman-led movie for a very long time until captain marvel and despite black widow being in all of those successful avengers movies they never really got that movie off the ground and so it comes Mm -hmm. later but it's also when the the, i think there was a point where they all agreed they were going to make it and then they looked at the schedule that they had already done and was like right. we can't really make this until we're done with those Avengers all movies. All these other things. At which point yeah. it becomes yes this weird footnote where it's I know they've got a little tease at the end that leads into some other stuff but really what this is is like an appendix to yeah. the previous a era coda. of Marvel yeah. movies. Yeah. I mean it, it, the Spider-Man f- Far From Home did this kind of the same thing. Same thing. But I will add to that I wanted to I think, unfortunately, Natasha also suffers from a dual the dual hit at that point, which is they they didn't want to make a movie about a female protagonist for a long time, and B, as with Hawkeye, this is a character who is not a super like a superhero, right? Like in the sense of having powers, and right. I feel like that's a bigger challenge for them. And that you know, obviously, Hawkeye is getting a TV show, so you know they they've come around on that. But I think at the beginning there was a feeling like, well, those are just the two normal characters, right? Like they don't need they don't need a whole movie. The other thing with the timing of this is like it comes out just as all the sort of MCU multiverse shenanigans have kicked off, and I kind of like I knew because of the way that things were ordered and the films were actually produced, it was unlikely to tie into any of that. But there was a little thing in the back of my head, which was like, yeah, but maybe there's like a little post-credit thing where somebody jumps out of a TVA window at the end of it or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, And yeah, there was none of that. So it kind of felt, because we're now, we've opened up this infinite possibilities and just about everybody seems to be coming back from the dead, but no, not that. And to me, it sort of feels like they were ticking a box, right? Because, like, she's definitely a very interesting character in all the Avengers movies and all the places that we've seen her and all the things that we've we've done. Like, she's right there in the middle of the fight all the time. She's always in the middle of, you know, if something's hitting the fan, she's in the fan's vicinity, like, one way or another. And part of why, part of my frustration was, like, but she's interesting. And part of why she's interesting is because she was sort of like Boba Fett of the Avengers. Like we, <laughs> there's a lot of allusion to what her past looked like or who she, is, who she actually is or how she got to where she was and all these sorts of things. But we never really actually knew any of that because she doesn't ever sit down with somebody and go, when I was a little girl, da-da-da-da-da, red room, <laughs> da-da-da. Like we never get any of that, but we do get a lot of character beats and stuff from her. So we know she's interesting in her own right. And then all she ever does is show up in in Avengers movies or in individual superhero films with the other people who got movies named after them, but it's never her. But she still feels like in all those movies that she's a first-tier character. Like I never got the vibe from her that like we see enough of her that she's not Sam, she's not Bucky, she's not like a fringe character. She's not junior varsity avenger. So that's part of why I was always frustrated that we were never getting movie and then you know they were like why would we make a movie with a woman and you know I'm over here like hello and you know it felt like nobody cared. And so now like you know eventually they finally did make it and then 
we didn't get it for a whole nother year. And so it sort of feels like, well, fine, here you go. And that's part of why I'm frustrated about it. And I know that, you know, there's only a, one portion of that, that that Disney didn't have any control over. And that's the part that that I'm like not mad about. But it, it feels like they just waited so long that even so, like it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been as impactful because they still waited a lot longer than they needed to to do the thing to do right by this character. I mean, even in the release, they did have some control over it because they decided we're going to sit on this film because we think we can make a lot more money if we wait until the pandemic is over. Yeah. And then, you know, it took or is taking a lot longer than <laughs> yes. uh, people thought. And so, you know, they, I think they were like, oh, OK, fine, we'll put the film out. You yeah. Because if we don't put the film out now, we've got another 10 coming along. Um, yeah. And that, that sort of feel, it feels like is like, <sighs> fine. You know, like just so people will like stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. It, it it feels like this movie should have come out, um, either right before or I mean, a Black Widow movie. We'll say it wouldn't have been this movie, but be- right before or right after Civil War. Right, there was this period after the Avengers came out in 2012 and made a billion dollars, where everybody yeah. kind of agreed. Oh. Uh, look, we need to do a lot more <laughs> with this. We need a big plan because now uh, uh, the initial phase of Marvel's plan succeeded. So now how do we take this to the next level? And they started building it out. And at that point, that was the moment to say, let's do a Black Widow movie. And that, yes. you know, the Avengers was in 2012 and Captain Marvel came out in 2019. So there was enough of a gap in there that you would think that Black Widow would would be logically the one, another one. To a get character a movie. who had been there first. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that we already the, know about. In the span of sort of when Ant-Man came out or or when Doctor Strange came out in that 2015, 2016 kind of window, you would yep. kind of expect that there would be a Black Widow movie. Uh, and for whatever reason, there, you know, there wasn't. And I don't know the backstory there. It's possible that they tried and it and they pulled it. But the net result was that they didn't have a woman-led movie until uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel in 18 and 19. And, and Wonder Woman came out in 2017 and made a billion dollars or whatever. And that uh-huh. probably didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it also probably made them realize the, yeah, the depth of the, of the mistake that they made. So I know it's weird, right? Like I, I also, like I said, I enjoy this movie and we should talk about more, but what it is, is also fascinating as an object, right? In terms of uh, kind of out of time, a pre-pandemic movie released, uh, you know, in 2021, I don't want to really say post-pandemic. We're still sort of in it's it, but, post, yeah. but it, yeah. it's, it's a different era of the pandemic now, I guess. Yes. We're, we're in the sort of mid, uh, mid-credit mid sequence. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, That's perfect. <laughs> yes. Uh, things are still happening. So uh, it's also uh, interesting with its hybrid release. It's interesting in that it's a character from this huge movie from 2012 who should have gotten her own movie way sooner but didn't. Uh, character already died, but they're going to go back in time and tell a story from earlier, which is fine it's just uh, what an odd combination of things something dan said that i wanted to go back to for a minute and and you know i'll I'll talk about the different sort of segments of what happens in the plot of the movie but um the the idea that it's it's like kind of like a mission impossible movie in a way uh as much as it is like a, a a spy movie it's like or a superhero movie like what genre is it and and yeah we totally have riffed on the idea that marvel gets to do different genres but it also strikes me that uh in, in a fun way actually that just because she doesn't have superpowers like 
literally everybody in action movies is a superhero. And I feel like this right, movie does right. play on that. So like, yes, you mentioned Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. We could put the Fast and Furious movies in here too. Like people who are not superheroes with powers do impossible things in action movies mm -hmm. anyway. And so yes. on that level, I, I enjoyed this that yes, uh, David Harbour has uh, superpowers, but, <laughs> but re you know, and he'll tell you about them. His character was like, Oh, <laughs> red guardian fought Captain America many times. It's like, he wasn't even uh, alive. Then he was in, he was frozen in ice, but go on. Wasn't he in the ice? But I will snap he'll, your he'll, arm. He'll, for he'll, yeah. That. He'll tell you about it. But but I, I think that it's really smartly handled that uh, she doesn't have to have powers to be super because she's in an action movie and therefore everything that all these characters do is impossible. And uh, anyway, that was my that was my point is I think that, that there's something really uh, strong there about the idea that you can play in this genre because you don't have to be a superhero in a in an action spy movie to be super and and do unbelievable things. And so they they go off like that. And her sister does have a, a sort of a go at her and, you know, says something like one of the big Avengers or whatever. Like, yes, that's a great moment. <laughs> the big ones. You know, yeah. I like, thought one of the big ones was coming, I think. Like, yeah. And, and it's like, said, what, yeah. what, what, what does that mean? <laughs> it's like, you know. Like, it was like the God, God from space from space. doesn't need a. Uh, God from space doesn't take Advil or whatever she or, says. Yeah, yeah. take ibuprofen after for your interest. After a and, fight. She's, and she's got all her bruises and stuff. And that's that's actually a nice yeah. moment, too, that I, I enjoy vulnerable action heroes right like uh that's one of my favorite things about indiana jones right is that it yeah. hurts to be an action hero if you're indiana mm -hmm. jones and so even though she's super she's still got like or she takes off her shirt and her sister's like damn you've got bruises everywhere and like yeah. i like that about and about we should make a point guys. too just to note this as well this is also uh marvel's first movie directed solo by a woman yep uh and I think in terms of this, I was thinking about this as it goes, like, I mean, you know, we've obviously had the character of Black Widow interpreted through the the gaze, as it were, of ma male directors several times. And I think Especially it changes... Especially early on. Yeah, yeah. and it changes uh, yeah. the dynamic a lot when you have a, a female director who is, like, putting you in the perspective of this character. And I think, you know, unarguably for the much better, right? Like, the way that she oh, is treated, sure. the way that she's like you know behaves as a character and then even thinks i'm thinking of that scene in particular jason because there is a bit where she like you know she takes off her shirt but she's got her back to the camera and yeah. we just see the bruises on her back and it's like yeah that's about as tastefully i mean like tastefully isn't the right word but like it's a realistic she's, she's scene not and it's not her her it's shirt not because we all want right? to see it's not scarlett johansson with her shirt off she's taking off her right. shirt so that her sister can see that she's got all of these yeah. bruises and has been hurt and like that is you know, right like in a in a different movie it's like uh but really they you get a chance the, to see her they boobs. literally did that in <laughs> iron man 2 that was literally a scene in iron man 2 she takes her shirt off in the back of a car while john favreau who is also the director also the is director. sitting in the front seat I, yeah. the, I believe this is written by a guy, and the the the, the thing that I saw was the the line about "Is it your time of the month?" was originally the entire amount of that dialogue, and I think the the I think both uh, Scarlett Johansson and and Florence Pugh. Uh, said uh, no, and there was we're a not gonna say that there was an onset uh, punch up from a, I think an onset uh, writer 
who punched uh, who was a woman who punched that up for them I, to... and went to the involuntary hysterectomy chat yeah. which, which I, is great. was one of my favorite it's a, lines it's a great bit because yeah. that it, moment was wonderful it really it redeems is commenting, that whole issue in some way commenting like, on those lines in avengers and age, age of, of ultron, ultron. Yeah. yep yeah. yep and i re- like as a person who has used that tactic um i especially appreciated it so uh, having had to have had that conversation more than one time with somebody who decided that was my problem. Uh, I especially appreciated seeing them like really take that and go, oh, re- well, you know, because with and, you know, and having that whole thing was really wonderful. And I also liked in that conversation where they talked about uh, gods from space not taking ibuprofen, uh, we got the part about her posing about being mm-hmm. such a poser. And yes. Like, you always do this. You're always doing this. And and I sort of enjoyed kind of, it felt kind of like a wink to that as well, to that same sort of thing as well. And I, I liked that. Credited yeah. screenwriter, by the way, is Eric Pearson, but the story, story by credit includes Jack Schaefer, Jack Schaefer who, yeah. Uh, yeah. who also uh, co-wrote Captain Marvel and uh, wrote, was the head writer of WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to add the posing scene. I think it's interesting. I saw an interview with Florence Pugh where apparently she was like, they're like, oh, we got to figure out your pose or whatever. And she's they like, they ran me through this. And like, that's where the conversation came out of as part of like that, <laughs> that evolved from there. And she's like, I just always think it's really funny that like, you know, this thing that you would do that you show superheroes doing, which is literally like break a whole bunch of the bones in your body. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> actually, if you actually did that, which goes back to Jason's Don't point try. about being a superhero. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was that was a great addition. And in fact, I think, you know, overall, the relationship between Natasha and Yelena is to me, like not only the the bones, right, like of this film, right, like a heart mm-hmm. of the film, but also just it's just fantastic. It really it's so delightful to have that that back and forth and have somebody who kind of like the little sister who's kind of giving you crap about all the stuff you do. And I think that that works tremendously well in the favor of this movie. The, the family element that I mentioned earlier, right? Like I, I we should mention. So so this is uh, oh Florence Pugh, who is the who is the actress playing Yelena, the little sister all grown up where, you know, we we meet her in Budapest and the uh, and, and they have their by the way. The most the eye rolling, other than smells like Teen Spirit moment, is like, of course they fight. They have to fight to check each other out. It's comic books. Mm-hmm. That's what you do when you meet somebody who is capable, like you are. Is you fight for a while, and then you realize that you shouldn't fight, and that there are other people <laughs> who are worse than you, and all of that. But she's she's great, and, and and in fact, she's so great. And the way the character is written, I think, is so uh, smart that at no point did I think that she was Poochie, and. <laughs> And, and that's a big thing because it's very clear by the end of this movie that this is the handoff so that they yeah. can have a new Black Widow, essentially, which is mm-hmm. Natasha's younger sister. Uh, and yet at no point in the movie did I feel like I was being fed this character and you're going to like her, right? She's just like she's Junior Black Widow. Like at no point did I feel that. I mean, I, I, until, the I, end, what... until the end credit, post credit sequence, in which case I was like, oh, I see. But uh, not until then. I I didn't realize. I've seen Florence Pugh. uh, I had seen her in Fighting With My Family, which is a... The pitch for this movie is bad. It is a uh, film by the WWE Wrestling Network. 
about uh, a young girl becoming a wrestler, but it's written by Stephen Merchant, stars uh, Lena Headley and Nick Frost, and it is excellent, and she was in that. But apparently, I can't tell the difference if somebody changes their hair color, that they're a different person, <laughs> the same person. Um, and so realizing that, it's like, ah, okay, I do know who this person is, but she is great, and I kind of preferred her to Scarlett Johansson, I have mm. to say. Well, I've seen I've seen stories that say that she stole the stole the movie, and I, mm-hmm. I I think that that actually is pitting the two female leads against each other in a way that is not appropriate because like she doesn't steal the movie, but she is great in it. Scarlett Johansson is yeah. playing notes that we've seen her play before, and in fact, honestly, as an actress, Black Window never really stretched Scarlett Johansson at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. she's she's and I think she's a very interesting good actress and this is a part that like doesn't push her too hard but that's fine she's uh, we know this character we're comfortable with her uh, whereas Yelena gets to I mean right she's also generous gets to enough surprise us. Y- Yelena gets she's to new. be spunky and yeah. push back at the cliches and call them out and and that's like mm-hmm. in, in many ways Nat's role here is sort of a thankless task she's the headliner but also she's the the straight man for a lot of right. jokes and that's mm-hmm. fine yeah. yeah all right let's take a little break from talking about Black Widow to talk about our sponsor. This episode of The Incomparable is brought to you by Gabby. There are hundreds of companies out there that claim to compare auto and home insurance rates, but there's only one that actually does it. It's Gabby. Get better insurance with Gabby. It's the one true comparison platform with fast and verifiable quotes, not a ballpark guess, an actual quote. You use your current policy to find a better policy. You compare your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers, and it's all in one place. They use your current insurance information to get started. It's free. They only show policies that are the same or better than your current coverage, many of them at a lower price. I put my information into Gabby, and it was able to immediately pop out with, like, you had this kind of coverage. It was kind of hard for me to understand what my coverage was. It it was able to read it all and then was able to scan its database very quickly and let me know what other insurers might offer me a better deal. Now, Gabby customers have saved $961 per year on average. That's pretty good. And they will never sell your information. No annoying spam or robocalls. So put your policy to the test. Get better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash Snell. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash my last name, Snell, S-N-E-L-L, Gabby.com slash Snell. Thank you to Gabby for supporting The Incomparable. So this movie is, it, it's doing two things. It's its a uh, fill-in-the-blanks uh, character uh, movie. You know, there, it's not its not something that can radically change right. Natasha's story arc because we know we, we know how it, it ends and, and we've yeah. seen it all and we we know who she is in avengers uh infinity war and endgame you know same person so the, so the movie's doing that but it's also exactly right jason there it's also it's also the setup for the future um so um it's it's interesting to me that um we have when i I went through a brief fan fiction phase a few years ago. I wrote a story that sort of fills in the blanks between a couple of Harry Potter books back when I cared about Harry Potter um, because I was interested in a couple of characters. This sort of feels like the same kind of story, ah. you know, you know, that what was 
Natasha's family like? What, 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 you know, we knew that there was a red room. We knew that, um, uh, Clint Barton got her out of it. You know, this just adds some color to it, but it reminds me, Dan, you're going to hate me for this. This reminds me (laughs) a lot of Solo, a Star Wars story in that, in, in that I didn't feel like Solo told me anything new. It just show, showed me, um, it, 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 it showed stuff that we had been told about the Han Solo character um, in the past. I get a little of that same feeling from this movie. However, I think I liked it more because of the Yelena piece and I, the new pieces that were uh, the fa- put The family in place. is the new piece, right? The fact that yes. she actually does sort of have a really weird, dysfunctional, not real spy family, but that it made an impact on them, on her. That's the that's the part that's new that I think gives it that extra bit, which again goes back to sort of the thankless task of Scarlett Johansson having to be the net you know because she can't not be, mm-hmm. but then pop populating the movie with all of with you know then you meet you know this person really well and then you meet their family and you're like oh i see right that's that what so much yep. uh-huh I, and i mean there's like the, the going back to like avengers i think that's got the line in it about you and i remember budapest quite differently and then yeah. you know cut to this movie big title card budapest um, james budapest, budapest. yes <laughs> i said it deliberately like that i was setting it up so one of the things, like you pointed that out, one of the things I liked about about this movie uh, was how it did feel like, because they did that very Civil War style, every time we change locations, you get big block letters saying this yep. is where you are. Uh, I liked that. And I liked how when we got, I'm going to make a Star Wars reference too, shocker, I know. <laughs> um, when we got Star Wars episode three, like there was a whole lot of hitting you over the head with... Uh, stuff that we already knew from episodes four through six. And it was like, see, these two were friends. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. See that ship? It's a blockade run. And it was all these things that were very, very big, obvious hit you in the the head with them. And I liked how this one had what I felt like were some smaller touches. So we get uh, Natasha's dad, the Crimson Dynamo, Right, who goes and, and Actual talks Marvel about... Actual superhero name, by the way. I, yep. I, which, I, I yes. clapped with Glee when they which used the phrase so Crimson Dynamo. Funny. Yep. Same. Yes. Yep. I loved it. So like he says, there is so much red in your ledgers, I'm so proud. Uh, yeah. And so we get the red in your ledger. Yeah, and but he's get... happy about it. And she's like, no. Right, the other way no. around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which was... I mean, his reaction was funny, but like Parents we've heard Natasha talk... We've heard her say, I've got red in my ledger. You know, there, you know before. And yeah, like, so that was the thing. That's where it comes from, yeah. Yeah, so getting those little moments here and there and then having her sister absolutely knock her down to size. Like, you know, you are a poser and like, you know, that's really dumb and I know you want the best and, you know, like all these things, like the the pieces of it that we got that, that like we did get a lot of what I thought anyway were more subtle call outs to other things that, that hearken to pieces of character that we've gotten from Natasha already some of the things that she says or some of the things that she does in a particular way like we got that from here and her parents were awesome like David Harbour and Rachel Weisz were great in this movie I had a really good time watching them they were their dynamic together was also really fun and their the dynamic as the four of them was also very fun and so like I feel like they also did a really good job of giving us a bunch of folks together who uh 
like also had really great chemistry. I know we spend the most time with Natasha and Yelena, but their parents and and all of that, you know, like all of that worked really well. And I have a soft spot for a story about family that is not necessarily biological. So mm -hmm. I always appreciate a story about that. And so I really liked at the end when she said um, that, like, I thought I didn't have any family and it turns out I have two. The um, I think something you mentioned there, Kelly, that struck me is when her sister is is um, lay, you know bringing her down to to earth a little bit, this movie's setting is perfect in the sense that it is Natasha on the run, like it her her being in a movie where she's just one of the Avengers on a mission mm -hmm. and she's a rock star and she hangs out with gods and things. Much less interesting <laughs> yes. movie. But this no. comes at the moment where she's she's brought to her low point. They're on the run. They've basically rebelled from the Avengers. Uh, mo most of her friends are locked up. General Ross is, or sorry, Secretary Ross, I guess now that guy got a promotion. Uh, you know, William <laughs> Hurt is after her. And, mm -hmm. and like, it's the perfect time for her to meet her family because they can be not impressed with her being in the Avengers because it's super awkward right now. And that's a much better dynamic than if she was yeah. on top of the world. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of Ross, by the way, um, you know, it's a fun scene where Ross is coming in, sending his agents into the bathroom to get her <laughs> while she's in the bathroom. And then she's on a ferry on Norway. But I thought, why such an elaborate prank on Ross? Did she pay somebody to walk around with the tracker and plant it in the bathroom? Because, like, she's nowhere near there. Yeah. Is it just because she really just wants to hoax uh, William Hurt that much? Come on, who doesn't want to prank William Hurt that it's, much? It's I fun. Mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's just, it's uh, also predictable because yeah. you know she's not in that bathroom. No. I have to say, mm -hmm. going she's in, she's not yeah, on so that continent, it, as far as I can it, tell. So, was it just me, or did they have to do some? Did like William Hurt like have like an excessive amount of like old man makeup on or something? He looked very bushy in ways that I, I think didn't they're remember. Trying to ma match him to <laughs> his match appearance. what he looked like yeah. earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he doesn't. Mm -hmm. he, he's gotten older, as we all have. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a it's a good moment, even though it's really elaborate um, and silly. But <laughs> like, um, she remember, must really dislike. I guess she does dislike him. So she's like, "I got an idea. Deeply, you just hold yeah. on yeah. to the tracker. I'm going to pay you. You hold you person never seen. You're going to walk around <laughs> uh -oh. with the tracker and my outfit just for a while in a bag, and then I'm going to tell you you're going to go to this. You're going to uh, like wrap, take it out of the little uh, little Faraday cage and uh, put it in this bathroom." And then, uh, and mount a little camera somewhere. And then, uh, boy, he's going to be mad when he finds out. Oh. But, I'm, but I'm glad that moment, I'm glad that moment is in the movie because uh, my favorite Natasha moment in the entire previous Marvel movies was when she tricks Loki in the original Avengers movie. Yeah. Uh, the, when uh, the, the interrogation scene. Um, and this is one of the moments when, you know, this is mostly an action movie. Um, yeah. But that that's one of the few moments in this movie where she's outsmarting the bad guys as opposed to out-tacticing them. Yes. So I, I really do appreciate that moment, just to remind us that uh, she's not just the she's not not just implacable and uh, sneaky, but she's also um, you know a, a strategist. She's very strategic. I can imagine the cut scene where it's Rick Mason who is planting <laughs> all this stuff, possibly running around in the outfit as that well. Guy, but, she know. does not pay him enough. Yeah. No, and he gets her he gets her I mean, okay, he gets he her, her the freaking Quinjet. He gets her Quinjet. Like, well, who is this guy that he he he's did he 
Is 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 it a mask? <laughs> and I so feel like we were getting a TV show possibility for like every one of the other characters. Like we're gonna get a show about Natasha's parents. We're gonna get a show about him. We're gonna get a show about all these different folks. The yeah. thing I liked about it, uh, about that moment, is that it definitely felt like whoever she was up against was underestimating her. Yeah. And that's the thing that's great about the Loki moment. That's the thing that's great about, I think when we meet her, when uh, the phone rings, she's being interrogated and the phone ring, somebody's cell phone rings and it's for her yeah. and she's tied to this chair and she yeah. goes, and she goes, what? I'm in the middle of an interrogation. He's giving me everything, you know? And then we, you know, and then all of a sudden she just lays waste to a room full of dudes. And it's really interesting to watch what happens as people continue to underestimate her and see what it is that she can do because she is a, she is strategic and she is smart and she is able to play that game of chess and get eight, you know, she's always thinking eight moves ahead. That's why she has Rick, you know, all those things. Like it's, that's one of the things that I enjoy about getting to watch her. And that's why I was excited for so long uh, that she was going to get her own movie was because I knew that there was going to be at least one of these moments where somebody's like, what's this little redheaded girl going to do to me? You know, guess what? So uh, some other things that happened in this movie that I wanted to touch on the, the black widows we, we meet early on. There's like the, the group of women who are doing an assassination attempt. And this is actually where we meet Yelena and she, ultimately gets sprayed by kind of the magic red gas that that turns mm. off the mind control. And that's essentially the MacGuffin. The whole plot is like, we can release this and free them, but the Red Room's still operating. She doesn't know that the Red Room's still operating, and then they got to go get the bad man, Drakov, who runs the or Red the Drakov Room. Drakov is still operating, And yeah. he's using the Black Widows. The Black Widows are all in like black cat suits. It's sort of like the Victoria's Secret assassination show going on. I rolled my eyes a little <laughs> bit at that. It's not yeah. that much. Slash Charlie's Angels. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. But the the magic gas becomes the the thing. There's, there's also there's also Taskmaster who is sort of not uh uh one of the Black Widows because Taskmaster has like this kind of suit. But and in the comics, Taskmaster's power is that they can duplicate every Everyone's fighting style. fighting style and we see the task creepy taskmaster with a skull kind of mask watching like video of natasha fighting and at one point and the the taskmaster there's a kind of cool confrontation on that bridge i like that where where nat is really kind of uh doesn't know that she's in the plot yet because she's yeah. received the vials of the magic gas but doesn't realize it yet and she's just going to get gas in norway and there's a bridge yeah. and then boom everything happens we've all been taskmaster. There. like i mean th- that who fight, hasn't had that moment right, right? and, and just, that fight's you, pretty you good. make a left and bam yeah and she's she's smart about it and she you know she leaves the box behind but takes the vials and all that's good i just wanted to say so taskmaster it's revealed is actually Drykov's daughter and there's this whole thing about how when they were in budapest uh that she waited for the daughter to go into the building to prove that he was there and then they blew up the building so they killed the daughter and there's some that's that's some guilt to add to all of Nat's guilt and of course there's the did you see the body no I didn't oh he's that means he's still alive if you don't see a body somebody's still alive <laughs> but the daughter scarred from the explosion and all that is revealed to be in the taskmaster armor and I just want to say I thought this was really dumb and the worst part of the movie other than the smells like teen spirit again that was the worst well, part uh, and they that, they like, they ruin the reveal too, in some ways, by having the credits. Because in the credits, I watch the credits and I read the credits. I'm like, oh, Olga Kurlyenko, who I know from Quantum of Solace and a bunch of other stuff. Like she's a legitimate, pretty like famous actress. 
And you get like two thirds of the way through the movie. It's like, well, I haven't seen her yet. Therefore, by process of elimination, yeah. she's oh. the only person who can be in the armor. Also, yeah. they didn't say who was playing Taskmaster. Yeah. So yes. it was kind of yes. like two two uh, clues. I just was yeah. disappointed. Like, first off, Taskmaster's kind of a dumb character anyway from the Marvel Universe. But at least there's sort of like this ba- this power that that they have. And here, it's kind of tossed off. It, it, I don't feel like they're really behind the idea. I, I don't feel like the suit really makes sense or is really necessary it just it this felt like notes this felt like corporate notes of we need we we can't just have another black widow or something else uh, and we want to put a twist in the movie and like taskmaster like some of the fights are kind of interesting but i don't know it just it never it never really worked for me this part of the movie I thought there was, like, I was thinking, you know, is Taskmaster a robot or whatever? And they did or a... An Iron Man. They did a, hmm. Or they did a reasonably good job of not giving any cue about gender from yeah, the, 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 the build. Suit. The build of the suit is very... It feels very male in the way that they sort of just structure the way that it moves. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming perhaps there was a male stunt actor in there during some Could of be. it. Uh, but it does... They, and when she takes the helmet off... It's out of proportion to her head. Like you can look at the sort of the suit and the way it's structured, and it does seem like it is designed to be misleading to their credit. Right. But yeah, I, I and but I the, agree with you. All that makes sense. It's just the logic of like, yeah, I guess there's a skull helmet with armor. Why is there armor? Why is it a skull? And the answer is because of the comics, I guess. I I don't know. It's it's a cool character, and I like the I like the idea of like you have to fight all your friends, right? Like all your friends, we're going to mimic all their fighting styles, right? It fights like Captain America. It fights like Black right. Panther. It fights like yeah. Hawkeye. That's a cool idea. Sure. And yeah. I think the reveal is kind of unnecessary on top of that. Although you, then you have that curiosity about like, oh, well, what's what's this person's deal, right? But like they also didn't play up the sort of aspect of what I, what I kind of would have liked to see is, yeah, it fights like all the Avengers, but she's awesome and basically like a la Batman knowing how to take down every member of the Justice League, she knows how to it deal with never, all of those. It never comes yeah. together, I think, is the problem, right? Like there's the, no. what, what makes those, what kind of bullets make those holes? Oh, arrows. It's like, all right, yeah, and, and, and Taskmaster shoots an arrow. But like there's no... I wanted the moment, look, if you're going to do this, first off, just having like the Taskmaster looking at a video screen going, yep, yep, got that, got that. Like, (laughs) I wanted it to be more. If you're going to do this, there needs to be like, now, uh, you know, now you're going to have to fight all the Avengers and Tasha should be like, ah, but I know their weaknesses. I kind of wanted it to be bigger almost. Like, make this like a huge, like, aha, what does this say about me? And instead it's like, look, there's some armor person who fights and then that's it. And it just... And she gets a USB stick stuck in the back of her head. (laughs) And then fight like, yeah. well, it's got like the the, the like the I mean, screen that shows like little yeah. like oh move this person here move this person there okay I guess that's how that works VR it's all VR well and the per the, like we never got that fight that's the problem like the big you know the the Black Panther move with the the claws and everything like that was used on Red Guardian that wasn't used on. Natasha. So there was never the throwdown between the two of them right. where it was like I'm coming at you like Captain America. Yeah. Okay. Next, I'm coming at you like Black Panther, rinse, repeat. Throw the shield and stuff, but you're right. I wanted, and maybe, you know, in that climax, there's not enough room for it. But yeah, I really wanted that big piece that's like, 
in this scene, Natasha fights all the Avengers at once, right? Like yeah. that big high concept. And it's like they 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 took the character Taskmaster, but then they didn't want to really take the high concept, but there are there's the residue of it. I don't know. It just seemed yeah, like a but, very yeah. weird choice. I mean ultimately ta- he doesn't do more in the movie than Crossbones did in um right. Civil War, you know? It um, I, right down to the right down to the mask. I would like to have seen in the fight with Alexi and Taskmaster, Alexi go, I see you fight like my nemesis, Captain America. Did he <laughs> yes. ask about me? <laughs> Something. Yeah, yeah. That would have been great. Yes. I I need yeah, I wanted I wanted more of that because yeah, Natasha having to fight all the Avengers because Natasha at this moment is fighting all the Avengers would have been awesome. Yeah. I think yeah, that's but what I, want- I was waiting for and I never got the payoff of that because like the shield stuff happened with Red Guardian and the Black Panther stuff happened with Red Guardian. And so we never saw any of that. Any Natasha have to stare them all down. Yeah. Fight all your friends. Great. That said, I do want to give them credit. What I like and what I appreciate when it comes up in superhero movies is that ultimately they save her as opposed to having to. Yeah. Yes. And I I thought that is a I I always like it when my superheroes save people because I much much uh prefer that to them just murdering people. They murder other people, but those people are bad and have it coming. Yes. And also in in, and I can't really defend Taskmaster, uh, but I can defend the movie in the sense that ultimately Taskmaster is not that important. Yeah. Taskmaster's that, just a heavy. That's um, that's why it's so weird to me, I, I guess, Chip, is that it, it feels like you should either be all the way in or all the way out on that kind of a character. And instead, you mentioned it like Crossbones or something like that. It's like, well, we'll put this in here, but not really use it so much. Yeah. And it just seems like a mismatch to me. Well, they put, I think they gave us Taskmaster so that we could have Antonia be saved. Wasn't that her name? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that she could be saved. Because Tony is the name of the guy who is Taskmaster but, in the comics. But so the, of course but the idea, <laughs> the idea yeah. of Taskmaster is like this big comic book idea, and and yet yeah. the way it's used is sort of like, huh? Right. Like that's sort but, of it. It's yeah, just like it reference. Like, get it? See it? Yeah. It, okay. We got it. Yeah. Okay. It felt like they had to draw like you had to have a certain number of of comic of of characters straight from Marvel comics and. You have to draw, you know, we were out of ideas. We got all the ones we needed. Okay, well, you have to draw one more out of a hat, and this is what they got. I would have almost rather she had been, like, the Red Widow or something, where it's, like... Like, she's the, in charge of the Widow. His ultimate, his ultimate creation, the greatest of all of them, or something yeah. like that, where, and then it's, like, it's his daughter, and he's still mind-controlling her, and all of that. But, anyway, you know, I don't want to harp on too much about it, but it's, like, I, 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 I found it puzzling and kind of disappointing not the daughter's sort of redemption and and then that they save her and get her away from her awful uh, murderous uh red room dad but yeah. just that that choosing to use taskmaster it felt very much like here's a bit of intellectual property we could put into this and not use essentially so uh, puzzling yeah for that. can we talk about the red room like the red room uh is a ridiculous flying yeah. sanctuary <laughs> it's a helicarrier it's a helicarrier times a million it's an evil yes. helicarrier uh nat is watching moonraker uh to relax where the yes, villain right. has a secret orbiting <laughs> yes. lair mm-hmm. yes i do like that i have to Quoting say dialogue sorry before the that that moment to me is my I think is now my favorite Black Widow moment from all the movies because it shows her as human like she's just got a moment where it's like I'm chilling out in my sweatpants watching a James Bond movie because of course I am I'm a super spy and I still enjoy James Bond movies and I know them by heart that to me yep. I just loved it it was a small I, detail that made me feel so much more like invested in Natasha yeah and she watches the campy ones as well so. oh yeah I like that I. 
and I liked that she you know appreciated not just like like saying the lines along, but like in the accents and well, stuff too. Like I was very, it was a very human moment she, that I really appreciated. She loved these movies from when she was a little girl because they would show them these movies in the red room and say, "Is is film series about evil agent Bond? <laughs> Cheer for villain. Cheer for, I'm not villain. The hero of movie is Smirsh. Cheer for them." Uh, that's and then she's like, now that's her rebellion. She uh, cheers for James Bond instead. Uh, yeah, ridiculous flying evil helicarrier. Uh, that's about it. Uh, but and then this, this is a movie again. It's silly and fun, and it doesn't matter to me. Like the 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 red room flying is ridiculous. There's a face face switcheroo because she and mm-hmm. her mom have a moment where before. Uh, the bad guys come to get them where they can plan. And so they do this face switcheroo with the magic face tech that they've got. Which they borrowed from Tom Cruise. Yes, which they also borrowed. Oh, they from. use it. They use it in, they use it they in Winter Soldier. They did. Yeah. yeah. We've seen it before in the Marvel Universe, but still. Uh, she uses it, in fact, in Winter Soldier, right? Yep. At the climax. Yep. Yeah, she so, she's Jenny Agata. So, uh, exactly. So, anyway, you know, and there's like uh, fighting, and she's been programmed not to kill Drakov, and then she, I don't think breaking your nose works like that yeah but i was i was i liked so here what i liked about that scene and I, I i figured it out as it was going on it was like oh she's trying to get him to punch her hard enough that she he breaks breaks her nose and of course there's like the whole bit where they're flashing back to uh melina saying like oh, i have to sever the nerve i'm like i don't think you can unsever that once you sever that that's <laughs> yeah. a bad idea that said yeah. i enjoyed that it became about her outsmarting the villain right when she realizes okay if this is the limitation i'm dealing with I have to come up with a, a way around it that he is not expecting. So that part, I en- I enjoyed it as as silly and nonsensical as it was in some ways. I enjoyed, the, again, how it fleshes out her character. And she's not just about, I'm just going to punch this guy really hard. I also like the sort of Robocop Directive 4 protocol thing where she can hurt him. You know, just as a, yeah. if you're going to program all these uh, uh, super assassins, yes, build in a, a fail safe. Right. So they don't kill you and then take your job. Yeah. Right. Duh, yeah, yeah, duh. It's, that's, it's, that's rule one, and and so we end up with, and th- this is another thing. So we talked about the it's not a superhero movie, but it is a ridiculous uh, heightened action movie, and that's enough. It doesn't need to be more than that. And and I also appreciate. I said this. I remember I said this about Doctor Strange. That one of the things I really liked about Doctor Strange is it showed me something that I'm not sure I had seen before in a movie, which was a fight scene while time runs backward. I thought that was really cool in Doctor Strange. Here I had that same kind of feel, which is like. I don't know. I'm maybe I have to some degree, but like I really enjoyed the idea that a long fight sequence is going on amid wreckage that is falling out of the sky. I like I really enjoyed that and it is ridiculous on one level, but on another level, I thought it was again a little bit novel and kind of cool that the, the whole thing's falling apart and crashing and they're all just kind of like jumping from piece of garbage to other piece of garbage while fighting each other. Um, I, I enjoyed as heightened and ridiculous as it was. I thought that that was uh, more good, Still fun, physical movie. action. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I'm not sure, but I think Moonraker has some similar, not, not the same with things exploding around them, but I think there is a big aerial fight at the start of uh, Moonraker, which I suspect is not a, a coincidence that they yeah. that mm-hmm. movie. That sounds, sounds about right. Sounds about right. So anyway, I, I like that about it. Um, the, the, uh, 
other thing to talk about here is so in the post credit sequence, which was again meant to come out last year, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus is there uh, with Yelena. Yelena is at Nat's grave. This is our yes, we know she died in that movie. You didn't forget it. That, that <laughs> actually did happen. Um, and Julia Louis Dreyfus shows up and basically says, "Hey, I got an assignment for you. I guess they're working together. Your next next target is the guy who's who's responsible for your sister's death. It's Hawkeye. Who doesn't want to kill Hawkeye?" Hawkeye to be continued in that Hawkeye show that's coming later this year, I guess. So what I thought was kind of cool about this, um, and it's sort of pointed out, and I think I saw this on a couple of BuzzFeed articles. First, uh, one of the things which that Hawkeye comes up are you? End, it's a quiz. Which Hawkeye are you? Yep. <laughs> the um, the vest, which is a great moment where Yelena's got oh, her awesome pockets. vest that she bought for herself with all the pockets. Yeah, um, I love that vest. And she gives it to Natasha. And they point out that she's wearing that in basically uh, in Endgame and I think Infinity War. She's wearing the vest ah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it adds the um, the sort of uh, <laughs> the fan theory, which I don't think is canon anywhere, but that Yelena was blipped. Uh, and therefore, that's part of the reason that they sort of have her being uh maybe more bereft than she would be otherwise is that this you know her sister is essentially gone and not and not five years older <laughs> right. yeah. yeah yeah so i mean but like again this is this is heavy lifting that should have been done by those movies and and having it backfilled doesn't really necessarily remediate anything but it does add potential like interesting uh, you know, ways to read between the lines of those. So I thought it was, I thought it was interesting that they had clearly, you know, they know their continuity, right? They know what they're doing. And again, when you, as you said, when they watch it in order, it'll probably make more sense. Well, and you know, again, I mentioned that she's not Poochie. She doesn't feel like Poochie to me. This is the moment where um, I, I like it. It's like at this point in the movie, we like, I feel like we, we like Yelena enough that there's almost like a little bit of a sadness, like, oh, that was such a great character. She was so fun. And then in the post-credit sequence, she's there, of course, and 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 Black Widow died in the previous movie. And and I had a good feeling. It was like, oh, look, they, they like her too. They're going to bring her back sometime. Great. Like, I was very happy to see that because she is uh, a fun character and Florence Pugh does a great job with her. So uh, I, I have... No feelings about Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus's contributions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in this and Falcon and Winter Soldier. I, it, I, I feel like that character is completely unexplained, and also it's kind of a waste of Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So I hope they have some nice plans for her, because yeah, right now I, I totally see Totally wait and see mode. Yeah, it's just yeah. like, oh, here's a character that is whatever. Very, very Sam Jackson at the end of uh, Iron Man. It, yeah, yeah, except except that that at least we had like uh, there Nick Fury carries more weight at least in the in my mind That's fair. as a character where she's just like I know she's a character from Marvel Comics but I just look at it as like why is Julia Louis Dreyfus here I don't know <laughs> probably got their reasons what I appreciate about her because she she told us who she was in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. so um Contessa. it's funny you mentioned Nick Fury because they date. In the comics, in the comics. Like there's there are yep. stretches of time where they go around together. Yeah. So the real once quest- I remembered that's who she was, I was like, oh, the question please let me know that's a thing a that's happening with questionable or. motives or a bad guy, uh, or you know, is she a shady gray. shades of gray yeah. kind of character? It's yeah. or is she a scroll? I don't know. Who knows? But we'll find out in twenty twenty four. In the I comics, just, 
In the comics, Alexi and Natasha are married. So, you know, I think they change enough that they can do whatever they want with it. We're on a different Earth. We're different multiverse, folks. It's a a different timeline, right? Earth 625. Uh, But that's the first thing I thought was, I can't wait to see her go up against Nick Fury. And then, you know, they end up kissing or something. Like, it'll be really fun to watch the dynamic between the two of them. Just based on what little we know of her character and all the stuff we know about his, like it seems like they're going to be really fun to watch. So I hope, however it turns out, that we at least get that moment because I think particularly because of who's cast as each of those characters, it'll be really, really fun. Well, it's a thankless I, job to act in and in, in cameos and end credit sequences, but I have no... I. I I don't have pessimism, but I have no optimism about looking forward to seeing more Julia Louis-Dreyfus scenes after these two. I find both of them just like, this is the moment, this is the Poochie moment, basically. This is when the Marvel <laughs> continuity is inserted, where it's like, you'll care about this character later. I'm like, well, that's good, because I don't care about her now. But all right. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Rachel Weisz's performance in this movie. I just, first of all, She's I always tremendous. love Rachel Weisz. I really yes, enjoy sure. her. They do a nice job with, I think... It's sort of, I think, suggested to me in the later, um, you know, in the portrayal of this character that she is, I don't know what the best word is. She's not a people person. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. She's and more I, into the pigs. Like, the pigs and I, are fine. I enjoy her very matter-of-fact delivery, like the part where she realizes she can't shut down, like, land the, the Red Room, and so she just blows up the engine. <laughs> She's like, yep. all right, so change of plans. I've blown up the engine, and we're crashing now. Um, I I enjoy her, the way she delivers that. I just enjoy a lot of the scenes with her, and the, I think her uh, chemistry with David Harbour is actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a lot of, you know, she's, like, tired of him, but at the same time, she really secretly kind of likes him. So. I, I liked her, you know, that pig could have survived another 11 seconds without right. oxygen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, if she is responsible for the mind control stuff, then there are some really murky aspects of her, uh, of, of her morality that don't exactly get explored uh, towards the end of the movie mm-hmm. when we go into uh, we're actually a happy, dysfunctional family now land. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, um, she did invent all this and then she sees her old family and she's like, oh, okay, let's overthrow the Red Room, right? Like, it, it this it's in there. Like, it's not like it isn't addressed. It, it Because somebody gave a note at some point that said, you need to address this. And so it's in there, but it's just kind of spackling over that detail. I had the same thing about yeah. about the why why so so Russia has a Captain America and they put him on a on a, a spy mission where he basically doesn't for 3 years he's in deep cover acting like a guy in an office in order to steal some secrets and when he gets back from that they put him in prison. And I think to myself, like, again, there's a note about that that leads to the line where he's like, I don't know, I insulted him or his hair or something, and they locked me up. I'm like, you know, I don't... Jason, that's your theme for this movie. There's a note about that. Yeah, like, it's, it's... it doesn't actually make sense. It's there to spackle over the fact that it's a fun thing that he's the the Russian Captain America, even though there's no way that the Russian Captain America would be used in this way. But it's like, all right. I think the the chronology of that didn't quite work for me as well because he knew all about the you know the the pig laboratory and all the details and that she was the architect of the whole thing. And ah, yeah. It seemed like they had worked together for quite a while. It's not like he got locked up well, in that's, Cuba. That's actually, and maybe this is something that got cut or slimmed down at some point in the process, but I would have loved 
more detail about Alexi and like why he's such a misfit and why they keep trying. Cause I, the story I built in my head is they keep trying to use him, but he sucks. Like he's pow- he's strong, but he has all these flaws and they're like, we can't. Okay. So we'll take him out. And he'd be like, yay, I got out. I'm going to do a job now. And then like, now we're going, you're going back in prison. He's like, Oh man, back in prison again. And they keep doing that with him. I don't know. Some, something or maybe he was out for also, a while and then I, he went back I, but it's all handwave. i love th- i love that there is a moment where he's like i am russia's only super soldier and i'm like winter soldier <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, and, I, but nobody tells him is he just like he, really he has, is he really peeved about it he's like oh no that yeah. guy he's not a real winter soldier right come on he's he's yeah, american the, basically that was, that was a soviet super soldier but russia yeah. it's just i am him. russia super soldier yeah he card. was i I very much appreciated sort of the the wind him up and watch him go dynamic of him. I thought he was, I liked him. He, I found him very similar to Melina in the, like, it's in there. They're just not necessarily very good at expressing it. Right. And well, I felt I like he did learn a tiny bit because we get to the end and she's like, one of them, I don't remember which daughter it was, was, uh, you know, you got something to say about this? And he's like, I'll just mess it up. Yep, and so he didn't, I mean, and I appreciated that moment. It's of also like, tiny bit of growth. Some of it's a framing too, right? Where it's like these are not really good guys, right? Like, yes, they are. What they are doing is maybe it may be patriotic for their for their country, but what they're doing is not great. No, and I think you. I mean, no. it, it kind of meshes with the fact that Natasha and Yelena were both assassins too, right? You kind of have to take as given that even though Natasha has redeemed herself. Uh, and maybe Yelena is starting to redeem herself. They did not start from a position of necessarily being good people. And I think the movie doesn't ask you to necessarily accept that they have changed and now they are good people so much as they found something that they cared about. And there is yeah. perhaps a nub of a redeeming idea in that. But I don't think this movie is necessarily about them becoming redeemed and being good guys. I, I liked the the line no. about Yelena, you know, being the best child assassin or whatever. Yeah. Well, the, the, you killed so many people. I'm so proud. I think yeah. it's all about the levels, right? Like, Because ultimately what happens at the end of this movie is that a whole uh, helicopter full of Black Widow assassins, uh, the lady with the mind control, uh, the Russian super soldier, uh, and uh, Black Widow's uh, assassin sister, they're all like, hey, we win, and they leave. (laughs) It's like, well, wait a second. Those people are really, really, really dangerous. But in the context of the movie, they've been victorious over the really, really, really bad guy in the floating lair with the mind control. And so the movie escapes with that, but it is funny to think about that. It's like, yeah, where do all those black widows go now? And, and, and like Alexi is out now. Like that's not going to, that's not, I will say, well, I just, just to add to my favorite detail about Alexi, you can see when he is in prison, he's doing the arm wrestling scene. He has a tattoo that says Natasha and Elena on it, which I liked because it was very like, clearly you don't get that. I mean, you're in prison, you get a lot of tattoos, but you don't choose to get that tattooed unless you actually do care. Like if we do the family analysis, he's the bad divorced dad, right? Like, because on the, on the runway in Cuba, he is most concerned with himself and his status. And then he uses his dad charm with the, with the girls and all that. But clearly like his, his uh, Rachel Vice is basically bleeding out and the girls don't know what's going on. And he just walks over 
to his controller and is like, uh, can I get back in the game now? He just doesn't care. And yet after all this time in prison, you were left with the impression that he has regrets, right? Like yeah. that he looks yeah. back on that time now and he has, and he misses it and he has regrets, even though at the time he was kind of not into it. Yep. Yeah. Bad, and- bad dad. Uh, super soldier dad is his <laughs> new <laughs> he's, role. He's very much divorced dad that like feeds him ice cream for dinner when he gets them on the yeah. you know the weekend. He has the girls. Uh, well, I mean, I, thing... my 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 wife tell uh, your mother about how I fought Captain America. She will like that. <laughs> I, I I will I, I will say from from my own family history, I I can say that I've seen the divorced dad many years later finally realizing that he did a bad job and being kind of sad and apologetic about it i've seen that in person and like uh, yeah. yeah that's what's going on with alexi in there he's like oh yeah hey we had good times i really miss it. and everybody's like no you mm, okay times were not good all right yeah they're they're same jason there were some particularly resonant right? moments it, for it, me it seemed familiar well. to me so yeah um Last time around to talk to everybody about this, uh, I'd like your overall kind of feeling about how the movie worked as a whole. And then if you'd like, you can ask, you can add Sir uh, Chip's question about like, did we need this movie? Are we glad this movie existed? It's because it is sort of an odd object that's sort of out of time. Uh, But let's start with Chip. Chip, overall thoughts. And and, uh, if you want to talk about did we need this movie, I would love to hear it. Yeah, um, I... I very much enjoyed this movie. I don't think we needed it at all, honestly, uh, except to sort of balance the scales, um, redress items in the ledger, however you want to put it. Uh, The (laughs) fact that the Black Widow character had been really poorly served for how much uh, longevity uh, it was there. But... um, but the family aspects of it, the uh, the the relational dynamics, you know, if you can't if you can't move Black Widow's arc, you can at least reveal more about her. Between that and introducing uh, Yelena, um, I was satisfied with it. And seeing it on a big screen, I think, really helped me uh, with it. I think that if you go back to the, if you go back to the other TV series that we've just had, uh, WandaVision and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think were too small for the big screen. I think Loki could have worked very well on the big screen, and I think Black Widow could have worked very well on the small screen. So I think we really have finally hit that moment uh, in the MCU where the lines are really blurred and you can do high quality um, stuff in each format and stuff might actually work equally well. And I suppose that's why... Um, even though they held out for this to have a theatrical release, they, uh, gave it premium access on Disney plus, um, Scar Joe is good. Um, the supporting cast is good. Uh, and, um, and it's sometimes surprising in a way that, uh, uh, Natasha can't be, um, it's a really, really silly red room, but aside from that, it's a good story and I enjoyed it. All right. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie as well. Um, it's funny. I sat down to watch it with my wife, and she was uh, not sold on the idea going in. And she, after she finished, she's like, that was great. I was really enjoyed it, and I think they, the trailers were terrible, and they did a bad job of selling me on this movie. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was always going to watch it, and I always had pretty good hopes because I think, you know— you know, Marvel's batting average is pretty good. I, I have very few movies that are like, I would never watch that again. 
Um, and you know, I think that the Black Widow, Black Widow delivers on that. It is basically what I expected from a Marvel movie. It executes well on its premise. It's silly at times, ridiculous at times, but so are all of the Marvel movies a little bit. Come on. Um, and I think that even though she's not necessarily like at the top of my list of favorite characters, I think she deserved to have a movie. And that's kind of an important aspect of it, as we discussed, like, I think that's a that's a redress in some ways of like, you know, the way that they she was handled earlier on. So I'm glad that it happened. It should have happened years ago. I think that what they came out with was um fun. I like I like a good action movie. And mm-hmm. frankly, I think this delivers on that. So um yeah, I like the supporting cast. Happy with the premise. It's a little awkwardly shoehorned into the chronology, but you know, they backed themselves into a corner with that, and at least they made the movie instead of just throwing up their hands and saying, Well, what can we do? We can't fit into our schedule. Um, so I think they, you know, <laughs> not gonna give them a ton of credit for that, but they get something for actually, you know, spending millions of dollars upon making a movie. So uh yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where we go with uh, Yelena. Maybe those black widows will pop up again, Jason. Maybe. They might be up to all sorts of kind kind of hijinks. Could be trouble. Watch out. Uh, James, what about you? I mean, I enjoyed the movie. I don't think it hit for me quite as well as for the rest of you. Um, but it's, it's not like I didn't enjoy it. You know, it it was, I think, um, the bits I liked in it the most were the sort of the family dynamics and that scene where they're all sitting around the table and, and, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be about giant flying fortresses blowing up and things like that, because it was that stuff that I enjoyed more than the kind of like, I am, you know, these people are now going to punch each other for three minutes because this is a Marvel movie and we need to put this in. Otherwise people might fall asleep or something. Um, And it was, it it was enjoyable. Um, I think, I wonder if it would have hit me more if I had kids or I had a sister or I had more of that family dynamic um but yeah i mean i'm glad that i watched it um it did feel like with a lot of the movies and tv shows that they're there partially to set up the future be that tv shows or something else and this felt like introducing black widow 2.0 and it's like yeah we have yelena now the brand the brand extension i i I struggle with that sometimes and and like i said i think it worked this time but it's very hard to get it out of your head that you're not just with Marvel movies, you're not just seeing a story, but it is also adding to the brand extension library, right? Like, and, and the plot plotting and the art of it is to make it not feel totally artificial and that you were sold an empty box so that you can fill it with the things that they're going to sell you next. And it goes, you know, but like I said, it worked for Yelena worked for me as I, I felt like she was a fun character. And if we get to see more of her, it's a bonus and not that this was, you know, just all a cynical setup in order to create black widow 2.0. But, um, Kelly, final thoughts. Uh, I, very much enjoyed it, and part of what I enjoyed about it is something Dan alluded to, which is that it's a spy movie, and it wasn't. It was a little less. It was definitely a Marvel movie, but it was a little less a comic book movie, uh, in in most of the respects when it comes to like the things that were happening. Uh, you know, the the slowly crashing space station, basically. Like, yeah, that was a little over the top, but for the most part, like what was going on in the movie was it was a spy movie, and I really enjoyed that piece of it and I always enjoy when Marvel does something that's a little different so you know we get Ragnarok which is fun in it's in a different way Guardians of the Galaxy is fun in a different way I really appreciate pushing those boundaries and not making everything be the 
film version of a comic book. And so exploring different storytelling techniques and different characters and, you know, what their deal is and how they fit into the larger universe is always super fun to me. Um, the, the thing that scared me the most in this movie and like stuck with me afterward was uh, Drakov saying, uh, and this is the thing that I felt like, yeah, it seemed overall, it seemed like a movie that was out of time, but it also seemed like something that felt very current. And that was when Drakov said, uh, I have managed to use the only resource the world hasn't run out of, and that's little girls. And that, I I sat with that for a long time after the movie. Like that's the thing I thought about the most when when we were done, um, and and it because I felt like that made him one of the scarier villains because <laughs> he he could find that weakness in like on a on a planetary level and like you know and so to me that was sort of interesting, uh, but overall I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was one of the people who saw it in a theater. It was very enjoyable uh, to get to see a movie in a theater again. I will say I called ahead and asked a bunch of questions about all the protocols they had in place so that I could go do that. And it, and they were all fine with me. Uh, and I really liked how everything, I really liked how everything went. And I, re- I thought we got a good performance out of Scarlett Johansson doing something that we know and understanding going in that she wasn't like she was the groundwork for all these other characters to shine and they did and i loved the chemistry between all of our characters they were they were really fun and the stuff that i didn't like so much like you know all the all the taskmaster build up but not really that kind of stuff uh is very easy for me to gloss over so i thought it was uh i thought it was a lot of fun and i'm i'm glad we got it and i'm much happier that we got it than that we didn't so that a bunch of people will go see it. A bunch of people will enjoy it. And maybe we'll get a movie about the next Black Widow all by herself. And it won't take five years longer than it should have. All right. Yeah. Like I said, I liked it, too. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun for all the reasons we've described here. Uh, you can do a ridiculous wild action movie without superhero powers. It's fine because everybody else does it. So why not the Black Widow, too? And uh, and yeah, I I appreciated being able to watch it on a TV of uh, my choice. That was uh, perfectly fine with me, although definitely a different experience than being in the uh, movie theater. So an interesting object uh, plus a movie that was fun. So both of those things happened here. Uh, I think that brings us to the end. Let me thank my guests one last time. Go around one last time just to say goodbye. Chip Sutter, thank you. One thing for sure, this was a hell of a reunion. Dan Morin, thank you. <laughs> You named a pig after me? James Thompson, thank you. Uh, this podcast was real to me, too. And Kelly Gamont, thank you. This podcast could have lasted another 11 seconds. And thanks to everybody out there for listening. Uh, we will be back in two weeks to talk about Loki. That's right, in two weeks. Little, it's My, my summer vacation continues on and off. Uh, and uh, we will see you in two weeks to talk about Loki, the Disney Plus TV series. Totally not a movie. It's a TV series. Totally different. What are you talking about? But until then, goodbye. Goodbye.